Ask Canada Immigration Lawyer Evelyn Aka. Good day. My name is Evelyn Aka. I'm the founder and managing lawyer of Aka Business Immigration Law. We are based in Calgary, Alberta, and we have two offices in Toronto and Vancouver, Canada as well. I focus primarily on cross-border NAFTA immigration law for professionals as well as families and individuals looking to move to Canada or move to the United States. I would like to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Ask Canada Immigration Lawyer Evelyn Aka. Thank you so much for joining me. I have the pleasure today of having my friend and colleague, Marla Brock, joining me to talk about the caregiver program, her business, Coover Enterprises, I'm going to call it now, <laughs> and Kid Coover, and, um, and talk about some of the changes with the caregiver program. Welcome, Marla. Thanks, Evelyn. I'm always excited to talk to you and uh, share thoughts as we often do. Thank you. It's great to have you. So I know um, your background, but I want to just give people some understanding of your lawyer in the United States and you worked in tech in Silicon Valley and in Florida, and then you found your way to Canada and you had the immigrant experience, your own, your own personal immigrant experience. How did you get to Canada? I married in, which they say is one of the easiest ways, but I didn't really know it at the time. Um, I met my husband down in Silicon Valley where he was working. And so uh, we lived and worked in um, Silicon Valley for a while. And then we moved to Miami and slowly realized that that was not the best fit for him. And we're more West Coasters. And um, he proposed that we give Vancouver a try. Uh which I wasn't admittedly very excited about, but have since come to uh, really love it. And um, having navigated the immigration process myself, I really have a lot of empathy for people that are coming in and, and understanding even transitioning from the United States to Canada is, is yeah. indeed a transition. It is definitely a transition. Um, at Ecolaw, we do a lot of American to Canada, you know, intercompany transfers and spousal sponsorships and all of that and it's just a really challenging thing because your life is being uprooted and you're starting mm -hmm. over so how did you move from that practicing law in the states and then you were working as well in vancouver in a law firm before you decided to start your own business yeah so i've i've always like my favorite part of practicing law was always the business side and so i was always in corporate and my, what I enjoyed was kind of getting into the uh, the guts of a company. And and Evelyn, as you know, most of the times uh, lawyers were drawn to the profession because we're maybe natural problem solvers. Like yes. we like to things and find workarounds. And so um, for me, I always loved that part of business. And I came here, did a little bit of corporate law. I was um, a licensed practitioner of U.S. law here in Canada for a while. Then I went on in-house in a company as a director of strategy for business here, a publicly traded company. Then I went out on maternity leave with my daughter and having experienced just the childcare scenario in Canada, just firsthand, even with kids in daycare, we had transitioned to a nanny. And then when I realized, well, maybe I could you know, maybe subcontract my nanny out uh, during my maternity leave, quickly realized that everyone was grabbing for her. And so... Yeah. Um, you know, being the fixer that I, you know, seem, you know, I seem to enjoy being, I said, well, maybe there, there's a business idea here. So 
it's been six years actually oh. since we started Vancouver, and it was very organic. We started um, with uh, friends that my nanny at the time knew who were looking for part-time work and then, um, you know, licensed as an agency. And then, as you know, because you, I, I talked to you early on, just get the process of getting people into the country and even yeah. moving them within Canada if they're foreign workers. And then I went back and just got uh, certified as a consultant. Um, but pretty much our business started out being very naively organic thinking that we would just be moving permanent residents and citizens around to family, but quickly realized that a lot of our caregiver population are foreign nationals. And so, um, yeah, so since then it's, it's definitely been an interesting adventure, um, bobbing and weaving through all the changes that immigration Canada presents to us. Never ending changes, never ending changes. Um, it is a challenge. I mean, I, as you know, I used to do a lot more caregiver, mostly for executives. And I just, even for myself, we have a nanny, um, uh, live in as well, but honestly, I don't even think I I would do the program anymore. So tell us about the changes now that have affected the caregiver program, because now I think they're coming as permanent residents. It's, it's, it's a whole new world. It is. It's the whole new world. And I, and I, and I, can understand the intent. Immigration Canada, um, in their efforts to ensure that when foreign nationals come into the country as caregivers, that we also recognize that they too are leaving families behind. And so wanting to give those caregivers an opportunity to come into Canada with their spouse and or dependent children. Mm -hmm. Um, So they changes to to the caregiver program in June of 2019, which turned it into an immediate path. Well, I shouldn't say an immediate pathway, but they apply for permanent residency before they even come into the country, which is meant, as you know, with permanent residency, the application process is intense and it's a a long processing time. And that's what we're seeing um, our families and those that are hiring elderly caregivers, child caregivers, we're there now thrown into the, the thick of these processing times with Immigration Canada that they never anticipated. And who can wait? I mean, now it's, it's taking up to a year or something. Who can wait for that long when you have a kid that is now you're about to go back on mat, you know, finish your mat leave or your paternity leave and you don't have child care lined up? I don't understand what people are supposed to do. Yeah, that's that's one of the major challenges. And I'm sure, you know, you can, uh, can obviously appreciate everything that's involved in a permanent residency application. And it is absolutely necessary mm-hmm. to have a thorough background check of someone that's coming into the country as a permanent resident. Yeah. Now, when when they apply or when they first rolled out the program, the initial timeline was 12 months total processing time. And so the way that that was presented is that from the time the person submits their application to come into the country as a caregiver under one of the pilot programs, um, the the entire processing should be 12 months. What they hinted is that within about four or five months, those caregivers would receive a work permit Mm -hmm. to come into the country, which, you know, as you know, when you're looking at timelines for embassies across the world, Four months can be really short if you're bringing someone in from UAE or 
you know, countries that have really long processing timelines at the embassy level. Um, so the expectation of both of, of caregivers and families alike was that it could be very likely that that caregiver would be on Canadian soil within about four or five months. Mm-hmm. Well, even this, now this is all pre-COVID. We never saw that happen. Um, our first applications that we submitted in completion were in July of 2019. So we never saw that earlier work permit come down the pipe at all. Um, And then now the expectation has since been adjusted that the processing timeline for the person to come into the country is actually 12 months, which is that's now that was the processing time pre pandemic Um, at the onset of the pandemic. What we started to see were, um, you know, the timeline for someone to receive their AOR acknowledgement of receipt mm-hmm. from Immigration Canada went from about three to four months to about eight or nine months. Oh. And now I believe it's even longer. So what I do with my crude math is I, you know, tack that on to what the original processing time was. Mm-hmm. So when I'm talking to families, I do give them a very conservative estimate so that they can plan their life and their childcare needs in the meantime. So that means that they're basically having to get another caregiver, an interim caregiver or a parent is, makes a decision to stay home or until this whole process is finished. Because again, the kids need to be cared for. So you have to find some alternatives. Are you able at Kidcoover to provide Canadian-based caregiver support, like an interim gap yeah. coverage? Yeah, we, we do have a very lengthy list of families that are in interim need. So um, what we have been doing is encouraging to do what I call double fisting. So you have your custom order perfect nanny coming in from overseas that you're willing to wait for, provided that in the meantime, you have someone that's equally great um, that can fill your immediate need. And so we are having some success with that. It, you know, it does take time to find the right person. What we are having to do is to actually pull them out. uh, Well, not pull them out, but they're leaving other jobs elsewhere in the country. So we're seeing a lot of movement actually from Quebec over into BC, from Quebec over into Ontario, um, we do recognize that it is a little bit challenging to get a caregiver from British Columbia to move east, yes. especially during the winter months. Um, but we have had some people go east um, as far as New Brunswick, actually. Oh and, um, so you, yeah. like Cooper, you do, a, is it, I mean, it's not just Vancouver based now. Do you do across the country or how are you? Yeah, I would say the most of our our open requests right now are in the Ontario area. Wow. Um, being a, a larger uptick uh, in Victoria, surprisingly, mm-hmm. I think in the last weeks, we've had three placements in Victoria, which is, you know, That's some cool. area that we before didn't see much movement in. Um, what I think is happening is that there is a large demand in Victoria for experienced elderly caregivers and nursing home attendants in light of the pandemic. 
And so I would suspect that maybe we're seeing some movement of people that would do childcare are moving over into those higher, you know, uh, intensely demanding professions right now. And and so, um, yeah, but it's all, it's, we started out again, naively, (laughs) we would be, you know, doing the little cottage industry in, in, in greater Vancouver, but, um, yeah, all across Canada. That's fabulous. Oh, I'm really happy to hear that. So it's not just Vancouver based now, it's across the country. And also you've expanded into elder care or caregiving that's not watching children, right? So that's another um, branch of your business? Yes. So that is um, probably taking a a very large portion of our time. Mm -hmm. Um, I would dare to say that that industry is much larger than childcare. Because it includes not only those with elderly care, but we support families of children with special needs, high medical needs. Um, We do take care of people that have recently been hospitalized, that have required surgery or terminally ill in in some cases. So, um, and again, oftentimes we're looking at either the same labor pool or very similarly skilled labor pool, which is supply. And as you know, with the border closures and, you know, not just within Canada, but restrictions worldwide that are affecting travel, it's kind of choked, you know, our, our labor force coming into the country yeah. at a time we need it the most. So are you able to, what's the law now around moving people from, you know, one employer, they have the mm-hmm. labor market impact assessment and work permit for them. Has there been um, a loosening of that requirement to go through the whole process again, even if they're in Canada, so that you can hopefully place somebody sooner? Well, yes and no. I, I see a shift in the priority. So, um, for example, I just talked to a family this morning and I told them from start to finish, um, in terms of going through the process to hire someone that's already in the country that's a foreign national yeah. holding a valid work permit. I would say we could probably get it done six or seven weeks. And here's why. So there's the four-week advertisement period, which hasn't been shortened. And then what I'm seeing in terms of a turnaround right now with Service Canada, one to two weeks, usually. Mm. Uh, If it's urgent, like we just had one that was done in three days by Service Canada, is taking care of an adult male with very high medical needs in the Ontario area they were able to approve that LMIA within about three days. Right. But normally our clients one to two weeks after the four week advertisement period has lapsed. And then, um, as you know, there's this, there's a new public policy where for where a worker that is on a closed work permit, that's changing to a new employer. Um, they can have that uh, application for the new work permit prioritized yeah. and immigration Canada is committed to doing that within 10 days. And I have found that to be true. Actually, it's more usually around the seven or eight day mark. So, you know, again, and just adding things together, four weeks plus two weeks plus, you know. But that's so much better than it used to be. And, you know, so much better like this, unfortunately for COVID, but it's definitely created some streamlining because they see the need for everybody to be able to work and support their families and take care of their family members. So I'm really happy to see that. 
Um, but yeah, we're interested to see what happens in the next year with all the changes and with the vaccine, if the business changes and the needs of the business go back to more childcare or everybody's taking their elderly parents out of care home and want to just have them be cared for in the home. It's a really interesting trend. What's next for your business, your Coover enterprises. So you do cleaning or, you know, right. And well, well, you don't, but (laughs) are you doing any or not because of COVID you're not? We, we were, and I think we may, we, well, actually we are, well, we we are moving back into that space. Um, what we found is a lot of families, uh, maybe they have children that are older in high school. They don't necessarily need a nanny to take care of the children, but mm-hmm. where they're losing time and where the pain spots are, are around the housekeeping. Yes. And so it's a little bit more than cleaning. You know, uh, oftentimes you need the house not only to be clean, but maybe it's to be tidied and decluttered and organized mm-hmm. or uh, laundry is a big one. So yes. when we did a cleaning business here in Vancouver, we often found that what what really was left undone was all of the laundry and, and you know, touches like that. Or maybe sometimes when you come home from work, and you you don't mind doing your own cooking, but you would like maybe um, some vegetables cut up so that you can quickly come in and, and do the things that you enjoy with your family, spending the quality time. So, you know, the approach that we'd like to take is really not necessarily housekeeping, but homekeeping, you yeah. know, so that when people, they come home, they, and, and, and it feels like their own personal oasis and it's the best part of their day. Um, but you know, that I want talking that, about, Marla, I want it now, <laughs> I know. And, but we're talking about the same labor force here. So, you know, that's the challenge. Yeah. That's the challenge. How do you, how do you mm-hmm. fill that need? Because as we know, Canadians are not doing or wanting to do or looking to do some of those things that help us as busy working parents. Mm-hmm. you know, do what we need to do. And I think there's a limit too, in terms of income that can be made or like how much right. people are willing to pay. So there's this limitation of what you want, how you want it to help supplement your life and, and take care of your children or just help keep the home so that it feels great when you walk in and there's not all these to do's till 11 midnight uh, when you get home, but then how do you account for the value of that? That's the challenge, I think, for every parent, every couple, yeah. every, yeah. Hmm, interesting times. Well, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what's new for you in 2021. We have survived 2020. And, and I know. I remember you and I talking when this first uh, started, you know, just from oh. being pulled uh, from what our normal business lines were to, you know, then the election down in the United States created yep. additional interesting Canada. And, uh, you know, I know you've been bobbing and weaving as well. Yeah, it's a lot of pivoting. And also, I think it's great because I, you know, at Kid Coover and with your organization, you just pivoted, you figure out what people need. And I think you, you offered that to them in a way that makes it really easy. And that's what people want. They want to know that there's a lot of upfront work and screening being done to make sure that they get the right fit for their families. So it's the most important thing. I always say, I love my husband, but if I lost my caregiver, I would be in trouble. And so, Um, um, (laughs) 
Oh, yes. I cannot lose my caregiver and have two kids and you have three. So, and run a business and employ people. And so, you know, the one little note, I just want to make it so interesting with COVID, how they were talking so much about how women have been pushed back into the home in a way that they may not have wanted or chosen. And it's been, it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like next year, the year after how many women return to the workforce after this time at home that has been forced upon them because of COVID. What are your thoughts? Um, I have been sounding the alarm from the beginning because, um, you know, we support a lot of essential workers, frontline workers, you know, like doc, double doctor families. Mm-hmm. Um, also uh, women that are working as professional engineers, lawyers. And when faced with the choice of uh um, keeping their kids home, maybe they need to keep them in a safer environment and not being able to find childcare. You know, a lot of the time women will put their children first, of course, and put their family members first or their elderly mother or father. And um, my perspective has been that they need help. Mm-hmm. They've asked for help. Uh, the people to support them, unfortunately, are not in the country right now, and there's no way of getting them in quickly. And as I said to our member of parliament, we're going to look back 10 years from now and wonder what on earth happened to all of the women in their professions. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I, you know, as I've been screaming it from the hilltops, like we must do something to keep women on track in this country. Yeah. I can see daily. And it's, it's uh, very frustrating for me because I know if they had the help they needed, they would be, they would be able to continue to work and support their families on a full-time basis. I agree completely, completely. And so hopefully you are going to solve all the problems of the world and get these women, the caregivers (laughs) they need (laughs) Um, and take care of the feminist movement. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's a big thing am i still doing or or pushing yeah. for it's, it's it's hard to watch, it when especially hard to watch. Yeah. you must be talking to them all the time like i i see it already in my social group and of professional women but i'm also um i'm sure you must hear a lot of it and it's just it's heartbreaking you spend 12 15 years in university and getting your all your education and your credentials and your career developed and because of this and the lack of national child care or a program for caregivers that is efficient and fast and, you know, expeditious, they're, they're losing, they're, they're being held back. So I really do hope that we can get everybody back to work next year in a safe manner. And I hope that some out of this will come some political changes around the caregiver program. It needs to be improved. Um, and I'm with you on advocating for the changes. We need changes so we can keep doing what we do. That's right. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, thank you so much, Marla. I really appreciate your time and your expertise. You are my go-to for caregiving. Because <laughs> I don't do it unless it's for your friends or for myself. It's becoming so complex. And I think you do need a specialist like yourself, an immigration consultant that's regulated that is running a recruitment business that's doing everything right, that understands what's happening on the ground in all these countries. 
um, to get the lay of the land and give people really practical, knowledgeable, um, knowledgeable advice. So I thank you for joining me and I look forward to next time when we can talk about law and our families and all the rest of it in person one day soon. That's right. Can't wait for that. Me too. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate you being on my podcast. You're the best. I enjoy it. Anytime. Thanks, Evelyn. Take care over there. Okay. Bye. I hope the information was valuable to you. Please do let me know if you have any questions. You can reach us at akalaw.com, A-C-K-A-H-L-A-W.com, or you can contact us by phone at 403-452-9515. Have a great day. Thank you.